Hi, you guys. I'm Lori, and I am with The Wife Expert. And I am so glad you guys are listening to this because I really appreciate it. If you like what you hear today, share it. Share it with people that you know need to hear this or that need the hope in their life because that's what my goal is providing it here for you. And just a side note, because I know many of you guys are you know, financially struggling, today, very today, I went to return something that I used a gift card to buy and they put it back to a gift card that I'd already thrown in the trash. And when I asked the company, wait, it was DSW Shoes. And I said, wait, you can't charge, you can't give me money back to a gift card that I don't have. And they said, sorry, we don't know what else to do, but that's how we do it here. So I was on the phone with their corporate office for two hours in India and talking to like three different people who were like, oh, well, you have to get the gift card back. I'm like, how do I do that? They're like, we don't know, but you have to do that. And I'm like, I gave you guys $165 and 30 of it was a gift card and you gave me a credit for 30. So my, what I'm telling you is if someone tells you, you need to go back to the gift card company and you need to go figure this out and you gave this company all this money and they're telling you to do that? Wait, what? No, they have to figure out, you should have gotten a credit and I'm trying to do that and they're arguing with me. So know your power, know who you are and if you know this company owes you money, don't quit, don't just go, okay. I'm trying to get my kids to stop doing that. Stand up for yourself. Go and get your money. It's your money. So I'm going to keep going. Today, I have a amazing woman who I've been talking to for a month, and I don't ask questions before they come on here because <laughs> I really, Cindy's on there live. I want to know in person with you, I want to discover what they know that we don't, right? This is how I interview people to find out what do we do? How do we, how do we, how do we get through the things that Cindy went through? So with no further ado, here we go. Cindy, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Um, Me too. My name is Cindy Carboni. I live in Texas, right near Dallas. Um, although I'm not from Texas, I'm actually from the Northeast originally. I have two boys who I have like sort of flown the coop. 19 is the youngest, so they're both off at college. Um, and I have three dogs. And that's really it. <laughs> okay. So how, so you're married now? Yes. I've okay. been married since, I don't even know how many years. It's actually my anniversary is coming up June 8th. Um, I've been Happy married since 1996. 1996. Okay. So let's do the math. Okay. You so that's math. 20, 25 years? Yeah. 24 Long years? Long time. Okay. Well, yeah. good for you. Okay. So <laughs> tell us, so you fell in love with this guy. Why did you marry him? Oh, we have a really cute backstory, actually. We went to, I've known Mario since I was 18 years old. He was one of the first people I met at college. I played soccer. He played football. My roommate thought he was cute. I did not. Um, she had a crush on him, but he had a girlfriend from high school. And he then set me up with his roommate, whom I dated for three years in college. So Mario and I were friends for our entire college career. We ran with the same crowd. We were really good friends. He used to actually drive me crazy, like in a good way, but he would always tease me. And, um, and then we got together our senior year and um, then lived together out of college and then got married in 1996. So we graduated in 1992. So we, we like, we've known each other since we were 18 to me as like a kid. Um, so why did I marry him? Well, I mean, he was somebody who was, you know, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily think this is for, for me, it was ideal. The fact that we were friends for years first, and we also, I think had this unique perspective on, on each other in that we saw each other through other relationships, um, all through college and how we behaved both of us all through college. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. know all of his ex-girlfriends <laughs> um, and he knows all of mine, um, including my high school boyfriend, you know, cause like he came up for a, you know, a week or something. And plus we always go back to my hometown and bump into him. Um, so we have this, you know, it, I'm not sure many people can say that they, you know, like really know the people that, they're 
spouse has been with in the past, which is nice because I think people tend to sometimes like glorify those relationships and we kind of like, there's no fear. There's no threat. And I'm Facebook friends with his ex-girlfriend because I knew them Um, and I liked them. They're good people. So yeah. So we have that kind of unique uh, relationship and we got married in 96 and we both worked for years and then um, had our first kids in 2000. So 2000 and 2003, we had two boys. So Um, things were probably great. Yeah. Yeah. We have all common friends. Um, You know, we, there was, there was, you know, he was everything that I wanted in a person. Like, um, yeah, what was that? And I knew him. Um, well, I would say his number one thing is he made me laugh. Um, but he was just a good, yeah, he just was a good guy. You know, he was a good, solid, responsible, um, fun, nice guy. But you know what I would say probably what I recognized in him more than anything was, um, you know, I'm from a small town, which now moving to Texas, I realized that, you know, small towns are small towns, no matter where they are. You know, if you don't leave your town, you're, you know, that's a small town. And, but in the Northeast, um, small town is like seriously small town, especially when there's a lot of history and all of that. And so I was from a town that I loved. I still idealize it. It is the most idyllic place in the entire world. And what, what is it? It's called Marblehead, Massachusetts. If you don't, if you, if you have a chance to go there, it literally, it's like windy roads and it's literally a peninsula. It's, 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 it's idyllic. I can't call it anything but but that. And I would have happily gone back there happily. Uh, my brother lives there now and you know, my dad still lives there and I would have happily like gone back and lived that life. Mario never would have let me do that. He never would have let me do that. And why? And I, because he, I think he, Well, I shouldn't say that he never would have let me. I think I knew being with him, I never would do that because he like stretched me. That was a comfort zone. You know what I mean? Being in my hometown was a comfort zone for me. And Mario, Mario was born in Peru. We moved to South Africa and then he moved to the States and he's from Connecticut originally. And so I, with Mario, he was, for me, that was like so worldly. You know what I mean? I had never even been to Europe. And, you know, he, he showed me things and he pushed, he, he stretched me, um, in those types of ways, um, that I really, like, if you had told me that I would move to Texas, even like I've been here now since 2007, if you had told me even in 2005 that I was going to move to Texas, I would have bet my kids lives that that wasn't, that wouldn't be true. Um, so, you know, he, but you know, he, he's, I I don't know. I I sometimes think if, you know, not that it would be bad because it's such a great town, but like, I'm, I'm glad that I do other things and I got out and I got to experience other places to live. So, um, so, okay. So talk. So, so so when did things start shifting for you in your marriage? When we had kids, when we had kids, which, which right away or was it how many, okay. Yeah. How many years in? Um, I would say with the second, um, did you have depression uh, after you gave birth? No, I've never had issues with depression, anxiety. Um, I had worked full time and I loved what I did and I stopped working. And that was a choice that I made. And God, I was lucky that I could do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I recognize that's a complete privilege to be able to do that. Um, But, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm 52 years old and, you know, and there's still issues with like the working mom or the stay at home mom and like, I didn't know my personality. I felt like I couldn't do either one really well if I was trying to do both. Um, And so I stayed home, but I think that I had a hard time staying home. I think that um, I had loved my job and I had loved what I did. And I felt like motherhood was kind of a thankless job, you know? And then at the same time, he was getting busier and busier because that's what happens in your thirties. You know, you like kind of find your career and then you start like, you know, earning and, and really kind of doing what you do. And so that started happening to him. So he wasn't around as much. And I felt like all of it kind of fell on me. Um, so my pers- how, how, so what did you do before you had kids? What was your job career? 
Um, I worked in human resources at um, what was then Coopers and Librand, which then turned into Pricewaterhouse Coopers. So one of the uh, uh, public job. accounting firms. Yeah. Great. Um, and what? Yeah. So and he, what kind of work was he in? He's a he's a civil engineer by okay. um, schooling, but he he worked for like a con, first charter construction, and then he worked for like a small water wastewater. Um, they built water tanks all over the country, really all over the world. So that's what he was doing after Turner. So in his 30s. So when we so had did kids. you did you quit? Like, did you stop working like right away or was it yeah. like slow? And that must have been a tough transition. It was. I mean, you're so busy that you don't yeah. really notice it that much. I mean, um, and I think at first I was fine with it. You know, um, my, you know, my first was such a bad sleeper and actually he still is. Um, and you know, it just was hard. I was not used to, and I'm somebody who's super productive and super, you know, check things off my list, right in black and check off in red and kind of a perfectionist. And I know, and you know, I talk about this a lot in my book. I know that that played a part in my relationship and also my, you know, being a mom. Um, and how, how so can you describe that? Some, when I look back, I honestly feel sad. Like, I feel like I wasn't a fun mom. You know what I mean? Because everything was about sort of the chores, you know, and getting things done and being, you know, having dinner on the table and having all the laundry done and God forbid there be a mess, you know, and that was on me. That wasn't anything he ever said or did. It was me. That's how I operate. Mm -hmm. um, and when you have little kids, that can be really hard, you know, um, and you know, I look back now and I'm just like, God, like, I wish I, you know, jumped in the mud with my kids more often and, you know, did stuff like that. Um, and I, I definitely was a perfectionist and wanted to be perfect in every way. But that was more like about the chores in the household, I think. I think I ran the household like it more as, a, as my job. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. my, and because of that, because my husband working and all of that, I didn't, I'm also really bad at asking for help, really bad at asking for help. Um, I think I that's a woman thing like that. It, yeah. I think it, that's a woman thing. We can do yeah, it. I, yeah, we can do it. And I'll prove that I can do it. And I, you know, especially if you have asked for help and then don't get it, you're going to even be more like that. So, I mean, there was, there was a lot that went into it, but, and I don't think it's unusual that people start having, you know, problems right when the kids come around, um, especially the second, maybe third ones, but, um, I only have two and, you know, the, the second one came around like three years later and it, then we renovated a house and we were our own general, we had a lot going on. And then my parents got divorced after 37 years of marriage, marriage and his sister got divorced after 17 years of marriage, literally in the same week. And that also what? was one of the reasons we moved. Yeah. So we had a lot. We're going to come back to that. Okay. Let's yeah. just make a note. Yeah. I want to hear about that. <laughs> okay. So keep going. So what happened to you? How did you, when did you, so your first child was born when? What 2000. Year? 2000. And so May when did you, when did you feel like your book is called, tell us the title of your book. How I Stopped Hating My Husband. Um, so it's, how did you start hating your husband? What year was that? And how did, how do you think I it could, developed? Well, I know it developed over a number of things. It developed because of resentment. It developed because of, also because of me not asking for help or not demanding it, maybe. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that he was somebody who even if I had, you know, he had a lot of stresses on him too. And I know that this happens in relationships where he made me feel as if he only, he didn't have much bandwidth for more. Um, that being said, you know, we had friends, mutual friends that were college, you know, had dated since college as well that we would spend time with. And I remember looking at them and thinking, you know, he travels all the time and he's, she was staying at home and she had quit her job just like, and she like, I mean, he helped her all the time. Um, and we would go away and he would like pack the diaper bag. And I think to myself, Mario wouldn't even know what to put in the diaper bag. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's a combination of, of, you know, me not insisting or demanding or not feeling like I could demand it because I recognized he was working really hard. 
you know, there's all those factors that go in. It's like, it's not just all one thing. And then also, you know, me then getting mad about it and resenting it, even though I didn't really make a big deal out of it. I kept a lot of it inside. I was really kind of just, I just kind of, I was kind of a martyr in my own head. Like I just sucked it up and dealt with it. So when did the hate happen? I don't know. I moved here. We moved to Texas in 2007. So, so my oldest was seven. And it's funny. We have friends that we, you know, we've been friends with since we moved here. And after I wrote the book and things really changed between my husband and I, he said to me, he said to Mario and I one night, we were all out. And he said, when I first met you guys, like after we hung out, a couple of times or whatever, I said to my wife, they're not going to last. And why? Yeah. Why did he say that? Did he say why? Be- because he could tell I didn't like him. Like, I'm not good at hiding stuff. Like, I'm not an actress okay. by any stretch of imagination. Like, I was, I probably had some, like, passive aggression or something, just, like, making comments or whatever. Like, I didn't hide it well. Um, and so, he, yeah, he said that. And I thought... You know, I, I wasn't surprised that he said that, actually. Um, so probably happened, started happening more and more when we moved here. But that's ironic because that's when the kids, like, started being in school. And so, you know, the, the load lightens a little bit when your kids are at school every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just had so much resentment built up that I then, you know, I in my book I talk about it, it became indifferent. It wasn't like I, it was like that it's, it's, it's like it starts with hate and that's almost the better part because once it goes past hate and goes to indifference, that's more dangerous. That's, that's the real problem because you don't really care anymore about anything. You don't feel anything. Um, And, and, and that's, that's really, I feel like what I felt that I didn't feel anything. And I'm not talking even about him. I just, I, I, I mean, in, in all ways, it's like, cause you, you know, I learned over time that you can't cut off one emotion without cutting off all of them. You know, you can't cut off anger or frustration or resentment without also covering, cutting off love and joy and fun and all of that. Um, and, you know, I got to the, I just got to a point where well, we both kind of got to a point where we just realized we were in kind of a danger zone of divorce and neither of us were happy. And, um, but he really wanted to stay married and he, and I didn't know, I mean, I, I kind of knew I didn't want to get divorced, but I also didn't know how to fix it. I didn't, I didn't know if I could come back from where I was. I felt like I was so far gone, you know? Um, so what year was that? Do you remember? I love to have a timeline. We moved here in 2007. I was, how old was I? It was probably 2012-ish, 2013, okay. so like five years in. Um, and it just, you, you get to a point where you, it just, it's so stagnant and it's so, um, I don't know, it like festers. That's the only way I can describe it. And and I'm not stupid. Like I'm, I'm fairly self-aware. I didn't, uh, I didn't want to be like that. Like I didn't want to feel the way that I was feeling. But ultimately, it wasn't until like he sort of gave me an ultimatum. Like what did he say? I'm just curious. Well, he was like, if you if you want to get divorced, then go leave and do it now. But if you if you don't or if you don't know, then you, you need to stay and fix it. You need to do something about it. And so it was like just that, you know, you can't sit here and do nothing anymore because this is just getting worse and worse. Um, and I... Did know, that push you into something because he said that it to did. you? It did. It did. Where did because, you push to? Well, I just, I thought a lot for a while. Like I didn't leave. Um, like, and he would never, like, that's what's funny is like, you see, you see so many different um, scenarios of people where people kick them out. I'll, you know, I'll, you leave until you figure it out or where he wouldn't let me because his, and, and he's not even that insightful, <laughs> but wait, what do you mean he of, wouldn't let you? 
meaning he he was like either you're staying and you're working on this or you're not because if you leave you're not going to be working on this and that resonated with me I'm not saying it would resonate with everybody I don't know but like he, he obviously knew enough that I didn't I hadn't left you know what I mean like and it, I didn't come to him and say, I, I'm leaving, but I, I told him how I felt. And I told him I didn't love him anymore. And I told him, you know, all of that. And, you know, and he was, you know, but he knew, I guess he knew enough or I knew enough that I didn't really want to get divorced. And, and you know, my parents' divorce play a huge role in, I think, that decision as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I benefited from the knowledge of my parents got divorced after being married for 37 years. I was 32 when my mom left my dad. Um, And they don't write books or anything about like adult children of divorce, (laughs) just so you know. Um, And it was really hard. And so I didn't want my kids to go through what I went through. And I could, I'm really good at forward thinking, um, Mm -hmm. always have been. And so I could imagine what it would be if I left. I could imagine that I'm forever tied to this man. There would be graduations and weddings and, you know, kids and grandkids and that I would constantly be tied to him. And like, did I want that? Did I want to be there with somebody else and him with somebody else. And really, I couldn't imagine that. I didn't want that. I, I didn't, so it was like I didn't really want him, but I also didn't want to not have, you know, my marriage. And so, um, God, this is so long ago, it's hard, to, it's hard to think back. But, like, I just went through all these thought processes, and it didn't change me overnight. In fact, it took a long time to change me. But it was just finally making a decision that, I'm going to stop being in limbo and I'm going to actually be intentional about trying to make change. Make change um, to what? Make change to be to myself, to our marriage. I mean, okay. like how can you expect your marriage to be good if you don't put any effort into it? You know, how can wow. I expect to, So yeah. there must have come a point like where was that point that gave you that insight to shift? Was it him giving you that ultimatum? Yeah, I think it, I, I think it is, but I, I do have to say that, you know, I have, I have a friend that kind of was in a similar situation to me. She was, she was different from me, but you know, her husband tried to give her the ultimatum and she just walked out. I mean, like, so not everybody, you know, and, and, you know, and she regrets it. Like, that's the thing is that, and I think that might be some of it is like seeing, you know, we're so much better at looking at other people's situations and looking at them objectively instead of emotionally that yeah. I think also witnessing like this one specific friend. So witnessing my parents, but also witnessing this one specific friend go through this and make this decision. Tell and, me about your friend. Do you mind? We're going to segue off for, while we're here. Tell me, you said your friend left. And she yes. regrets that now. Can you tell me a little yeah. bit like why she left? Oh, Same thing? such a long story. I mean, she has a very religious background. They were married very young. Um, she, as a result, didn't have a lot of experience with any anything having to do with love. I mean, she knew this guy since she was in high school. And, um, you know, and she just kind of cracked. I mean, she, she cracked. That's the only thing I can say. And, and I'm also worried because she would probably watch this and uh, she won't watch this. She'll never see it. It won't, it won't, you're not, I'm not putting it on your people. It's only my people. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And they don't um, talk. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I actually kind of reference her in, even in my book a little bit, but like she just went down a really bad path, but I think that her bad path actually illuminated mine. I think that I watched her and I thought, I don't want to do that or be that. Oh, and okay. Yeah. And wow. so, so I guess imagine it like you're, you're witnessing something because he, here's the thing. He was, her husband was similar to Mario. Like he was the same type of guy, just a good guy. And I knew that they had been best friends. I mean, they had had a great relationship and it was so similar. Like, 
you know, minus that I didn't, I mean, I grew up in religion, but not, she, she was Mormon. So very different, um, you know, just more strict, you know what I mean? Um, and I just, I mean, just witnessing her, I looked at her and I thought she should not leave. She's stupid to leave. You know, Why? What made you think, what made you think that? Because they were good together and he was a good guy and, um, I could, I could fairly assess what was going on with their relationship. And I thought that they could fix it. Yeah. Um, what, what, what do you it, think was happening? We don't need to know her, but what, what was it? Like, what was she struggling with? You think? Um, I, I think that <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, it, it is, but it isn't. I think when the way that she grew up, there was a lot of shame around sex. And I think that that affected their relationship. And so I think okay. that they were best friends, but I'm not sure they had that real spark and passion because of, um, not because they weren't attracted to each other, but because there was so much shame around that, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. um, I see that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that that had a big, big impact on them. Um, and he was willing to do anything, bend over backwards, do backflips. Um, and she was just, no, you know, and she, she, I mean, she made some really bad decisions. And, um, and then once she started going down sort of that road, she became very different for a while. Um, we, I didn't, we actually didn't speak for like three years um, as a result. And I felt like she, I felt like given her background, there was like a naivete about her. And I felt like she was almost going to be, unsafe in the world like I felt like she was safer with her husband I see um, yeah that makes yeah. sense I, yeah it's, so when it's you said fun. she's going down a bad road was it alcohol or drugs or was it just other men yeah okay Same. both yeah no okay. not uh, not alcohol and drugs okay just other men okay I mean so uh, uh, you yeah. said so we can just go because I just I'm just curious about the ending so how many years passed until she started having regrets Um, probably four. Okay. He and ended so up, what, he got married almost right away. Oh, he did to someone couple. else? Yeah. Some young oh. person who had, yeah. Which is sad. Um, That's sad. And, That's so sad. Yeah. And, yeah. They both like, yeah, they're both with other people and they both feel, um, I don't know. I, I sometimes I still wonder if they'll end up back together, but I, I don't know how that would ever work. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I just don't necessarily think who they're with now is right for them, but that's just me being me. Yeah. No, so, I, I appreciate your sharing that. So, yeah. um, okay. So go back to what we we're talking about. So you were kind of in the same place watching all of this, thinking to yourself, I don't, I don't want to be that. Yeah. And, and so, that, so that had a huge impact on me huge impact on that. I can't awesome. even emphasize how, how I just, you know, you, because you can watch somebody else. And while she was making different decisions than I was making, um, you know, birds of a feather, so to speak, you know, like I, I wasn't making the decisions that she was making in terms of like going down this dark path. But I, but at the same time, you're kind of like, but really, how am I that different? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I'm, it just, I just, saw the path and I was like, I, I don't want, I don't want to do that. Um, and then, you know, like I said, and then dealing with my parents and knowing I didn't want my kids to go through that. And also one of the sort of thoughts I had was if I, you know, who do I want to be with? if not Mario. Like, what would I look for in a guy? And when I kind of like thought that through, it was someone just like Mario, like, you know, it was like, okay, so let's just, fix this rather than like me going in uh, out and trying to find somebody, you know, that has all of his character traits, but then I, that I just like, don't hate it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and I knew the hate was from resentment. I knew it wasn't that I hated who he was because I had once been madly in love with him, you know? So it, for me, it was like, okay, like what is love and how do you, you know, and I learned that you don't really get it back. You have to create it again. It's not like something you find, you know, and, and it totally changed how I saw what love is, you know, it's like falling in love. It's like, no, that's, that's too not intentional, you know, like 
we don't really just fall in love. Like even at the beginning stages when it's all like the chemicals and everything, it's there, there's a lot of intention behind it. You know, like we all know what it's like when you're first in a relationship, you're writing each other's love notes, you're constantly together. You like can't stop thinking about the person. There's so much investment. And then you expect there to be this great relationship when you stop investing. And so I just realized that it was, um, you know, I needed to invest again. I needed to, in, in that in and of itself, like one of the, one of the funny things that happened was Mario said to me a couple like days into sort of our, you know, he's like, we're going to go to therapy, all this stuff. He made some like rules that we had. And um, one of the things he said is, I don't want you to tell me you love me. Like, don't lie to me. Don't tell me you love me until you love me. And I was like, fine. Like, <laughs> just assume not pretend, you know, and I was fine with it. And then the next day he woke up and he said, no, I want you to tell me you love me every day. And I was like, okay, so you want me to lie to you? Like, I don't understand. And he goes, no, I just want you to tell me that you love me every day. And so I was like, okay, but here's what's funny. Now you can say manifestation. You can say all that. I would change that now, but really what I figured after a while, this was, this is all in hindsight. This, I didn't know at the time. I was of course. Just the motions at the yeah. time. <laughs> Trust me. That's why I'm talking to you I now. Felt. Yeah. I'm like, but in hindsight, what, what saying I love you to him every day was, was me giving him something that he wanted when I had for so long been so resentful and shut off to him. And so that in and of, in and of itself was an act of love, yeah. you know, and and that's what it was. It, it was me giving him something that I hadn't given him. Even if I didn't mean it, I was doing it for him. And yep. I had not done anything like that for him in so long. And he really hadn't asked me either. And so, you know, I think in my book, I might've said something about like, fake it till you make it or whatever. And I don't, you know, there's a lot of things I would probably change about my book now, but, and, and, but that's what it was. It was, it was ultimately not faking it till I made it. It was doing something for him. Like, just because he wanted it and needed it. So do you feel saying those words to him every day caused you to feel it? Not, not, definitely not right away. And I would say that, um, over time, yes, like over time, because it became more and more. So it was, it wasn't necessarily the words anymore. It was just, there were more things that I would do to invest in the relationship. Um, and what ha- two things had to happen. I, I, I mean, a lot of things had to happen, but one thing that had to happen was I had to get all sort of the burning resentment out of me. Um, that had to like fizzle out over how time. Do you, and how do you do it. that? How do you get rid of resentment? You realize what it does to you. You, you, you decide that it's not something you want in, in you. Um, and it's not the person for me. It was, I don't, it wasn't the person I wanted to be. I, I, I saw how it was ugly, you know, I, it's ugly in anyone, you know, and, and like, even, even in situations where, you know, people are horrible to you and certain, you know, and, and, you know, like, it's like not forgiving someone. It's like, it's, what is it? There's some saying, there's some quote about like, it's like drinking. Yeah. It's drinking somebody else's poison and expecting them to die. And so it, it, I just started really recognizing how this um, resentment and anger was poisoning me. And I didn't want to be that person anymore. I didn't want to be this sort of uptight, rigid person anymore in any way, shape or form. So there was a lot of me recognizing these parts of my personality that kind of helped get me in this situation, you know, cause it takes two to tango. I mean, it's never just one person. And and, and working on those things and saying, you know, I, I want to be lighter, <laughs> you know, I want to be more fun. I want to like, not be like a perfectionist anymore. I, I didn't, I, it, so it was me just recognizing all the things I didn't want to be. And then kind of over time, letting go of the thoughts that created that in my head. Um, and then, and then just investing in my relationship. And it really took you know, I, I, I had one moment, like eight months, it was eight months into it and where I was sitting on the couch with him and it was 
a really profound moment, yet it is not a profound story, where it was like the first time in a long time that I'm sitting right next to him and like I felt content. That it wasn't like I felt like overjoyed or like madly in love. I felt content. I felt this like peace that I had not felt. I can't even tell you how long. Um, and that was the first thing that I really felt in terms of a change. Um, and then, you know, gradually over time, just everything, everything about our household changed. There was more laughter again. Um, you know, I was more fun. I, you know, like there, there was a, you know, a profound change in, in me. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I think my kids, I don't, you know, they haven't read the book. They know I wrote it, but I, I don't know how, you know, they were young, so I'm not sure how much they, they saw or felt, but I, I know that they felt it. They had to have, even if they, you know, they might be going to psychiatrists one day talking about it. <laughs> I hope not, but maybe. Not really. <laughs> I think, I think we kind of mend things if we change as adults. I think over time, I, I believe that. I hope, I hope. So, so tell me about, tell me about your parents. What happened? 37 years. Yeah, they were, what? they were married super young. So they were like 19 and 23 and, um, who was older, my dad and they had my brother right away. And that's why they got married. Um, my mom would be mortified for that. I'm putting that out there, but that's just the truth. Um, no one's going to know. Yeah. Um, she, uh, you know, I always sensed they, it wasn't, they never fought. There were no issues like that. They were very different. My mother was super religious. Um, my dad was not. Um, and I think she didn't necessarily, I think she wished that he would like go to church with her. I mean, he went to church on like Easter and Christmas. Um, that counts. But he, yeah. Just, and, but he, just he wouldn't go otherwise. Um, and I mean, but we did. And so I think that that was kind of, although it wasn't like she grew up religious, this was something she kind of picked up in her early twenties. So I think that that was always an issue. Um, and they were just married young, but I, I don't know. But she left. When she left, did she say, I'm leaving your father because he's driving me crazy? Or was it the religion thing? I mean, I know I know what that feels like because I go to church a lot and I have family members that don't. Drives me nuts. And I get that. But is there well, anything else? She, um, no, she never said anything about, like, she never really yelled at him for not going to church. Um, but in, so my older brother's three years older than me, than me. And then my younger brother's eight years younger than me. So he was like a baby, you know, and it kind of happened after he, so she was, she was around my age now. So she was in her like fifties and my younger brother had like, you know, he had finished college and like, so she's now just with my dad. And, um, and they had worked together and everything like that. And she wanted to stop working and uh, all this stuff. Long story short, she left him for somebody from church who was also married. Um, so, okay. I mean, it, you know, that's, that's what happened, but we didn't know it was somebody from church. I mean, she was, she was a situation, which maybe a lot of people that, that a lot of your people that come on here would be where she just said, I'm leaving and didn't really give an explanation. And it wasn't for about five months that we found out this guy was in the picture. Um, and we all begged her and begged her and begged her, like, what are you doing? Why now? I mean, like, seriously, you get to that point, like, uh, you know, I, I will never like understand that because like you've made it so far <laughs> yeah. into a relationship. And, um, and she was 55. She was in the fifties. Yeah. I, 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 I have to do the math, but she, I, some, it was right when my, I was pregnant with my second. Um, okay. and yeah. And so, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's, she's, that must've been now. really hard. She's still with yeah. the man that she was left your yeah. dad for. Yeah. And how um, is that relationship? Is it pretty good? Yeah. I mean, he's a nice guy. He, she, she doesn't seem much different, you know, with him. Than in what? she was with my dad. Did she, she say just, that? Um, no, she wouldn't say that. But to me, I, I, mean, I mean, we could go in. I could get into a lot of my mother issues, but <laughs> I don't know if we want to go there. Um, 
that, you know, there's just certain things. Oh, she's just somebody that has a lot of anxiety and insecurities and things like that. And um, I, I wouldn't say that she would blame my dad, but I think she would have blamed her marriage. And I'm not sure that she's, you know, she's not over those anxieties and insecurities. Let's put it that way. Oh, with your dad? But, well, no, in general. No, she acts like my dad doesn't. I mean, she, she, she's funny. Like when she, and I, I've, I've seen this with people and it's, it almost scares me. Like, when she left, she left. She was done. And um, and I think that that is, I can't even imagine being like that. I don't know how people are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that sometimes it's very upsetting for you as a child to feel as if your parent wishes that, almost like won't even acknowledge the time before, you know, the time when they were together. She would never talk about any, anything having to do with my dad. You know, and like, that's all we knew. I mean, we were in our 30s, you know, my younger brother in his 20s. But, you know, that's all we knew. And to like, you know, but when she was done, she was done. There was no, I mean, but that's also her personality. Like, there was no changing her mind. If you made her feel bad, she turned it around on you. You know, she just was not easy to talk to. Um, But that's just kind of. Do you think she has any regrets today about leaving your dad? I have no idea. If she did, she would never say it. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I have. I have no idea. I, I could not. I mean, I think part of me would like to say yes, but I. I can't. I. That's me projecting what I wish yeah. <laughs> or mm-hmm. hope. You know, um, nothing that I have seen in her would say that. But okay. then again, it's not like she ever. I don't know. I can't imagine being married for 37 years and then walking out and then like kind of never even talking about it again or never being like, Hey, I realize I made mistakes or Hey, and there's been none of that. There's been nothing. No, nothing. How how did your dad fare after she left? It was awful. It was awful. It was so sad. He so wanted to stay together. I mean, to this, to this day, to this day, um, He's married. He's married. Yeah. He got married again. Like pretty much all men do. Um, (laughs) They do. They just pick up and find a new woman. They always, they always get married. Um, And uh, yeah. And, but she's not my mom. Like I know that I, I know that he, I, I I know that to this day he wishes that. So when your mom said she was leaving way back when. Yeah. And she told that to your dad. Do you remember any, do you remember back then about how your dad's behavior was? Um, he, he tried to get her to say, he tried really hard. He, um, he called me a lot, which was hard. Um, you know, my husband had to finally, they both did. I'm the only girl I'm, you know, I'm always been somebody that, you know, talks to people about problems. I was an adult, obviously, at the time, but it was not a healthy situation. And both of them would call me and, like, it was like they're trying to get me on their sides, you know. Um, but I felt bad for my dad. I felt worse for my dad than my mom. And I was kind of mad at my mom. You know, we kind of all were. Um, oh my God, my son let my dog go. Um, <laughs> cute. Um, I can show you my cute little dog. Um, show me your cute little dog. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This is <gasps> What's little. What's pointing to Bobby? Oh, yeah. she looks so like you. Cute. She's so cute, <laughs> yeah. just like you. <laughs> she's, uh, she's our baby. So um, that's so interesting about your dad, though, because, you know, I have a little way I teach girls whose husbands leave about what to do. So, But it's also interesting that your mom left and she didn't turn back. And what my yeah. research has showed is most women who have made that commitment to walk out the door, they don't turn back. And... Really? Women are, yeah, yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I didn't make the commitment. That's the whole thing. I never made the You never made the commitment to leave. I was emotionally checked out, but I was not physically checked out. How did you, how did you emotionally uncheck out? How did you emotionally check back in? What did it for you? Just realizing, you know, goal setting is all about like setting a goal of what you want. 
I couldn't do that because I didn't know what I wanted. So instead it was, yes. Um, instead it was like knowing what I didn't want. Like that was the only thing I had to go on was knowing that want. I, that I did not want to be divorced. That was, okay. that was the only thing. And that was based on, again, what I was seeing in my friend, what I saw in my parents, what I wanted for my kids. Wanted. So when, when, when that became like, okay, this is a certainty of what I don't want, you know, what I don't want. And then also recognizing, you know, I, I have a lot of people that find my book, you know, in the ethers of the, of the internet um, and reach out to me. And I have people that reach out to me who are husbands or even wives saying, you know, probably the same people that, you know, reach out to you, but like, how do I get people to change or how do I get them to read even just to read your book people will say and I tell them well I I, for me it was that I was willing to talk about it and I was open like if if I were to say of the two people that I that made the biggest impact on me my my own mother and then my friend they were not open to talking it was like they made the decision and you know they were going to stand by it and they were going to leave and I, I just, I don't know. I guess I either, I either they made it. So I wasn't like that. Cause I didn't want to be like them maybe. Yeah. Um, or I was just somebody who deep down inside knew that I, you know, I, I had to try to make it better. Um, and I mean, and I think once you decide to make it better, you, it, it, it gets better. I mean, and that's to say, though, it has to be a situation where, like, you know, I, writing my book was so hard because I didn't want to shame people for leaving. I didn't want to shame people into getting, like, divorce, because divorce is the right thing for some people. It really is. And I, I just, you know, that was really hard for me, was for me, I, I wanted to help the people that I felt like there's got to be people out there that are like me that leave that then regret it. And those are the people that I needed to target yet. I didn't know exactly how to target. So the best way I could do to target that, to, to find that was to explain, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to that are got divorces. Like I knew when I got married that I shouldn't have married him. You know, I hear people say that a lot. Like I knew walking down the aisle, but I couldn't, I couldn't stop it or whatever. And, and I wasn't like that, you know, and, and so, you know, there were a couple of things that I said, okay, well, were you once madly in love? Yes. Um, a big thing to me is to like ask your friends and family that know you really well, whether or not they think that you should leave or stay. In other words, like if I had gone to anyone anyone in my family, anyone in my background, I mean, Mario and I had been together for so long and said, I'm thinking about leaving Mario. What do you think? I think all of them would have been like, you're effing nuts. I, I, I think they would have said that because they know he was a good guy. They know we were once good together and that's it. Now we all know friends that if they came to us and said that, we'd probably be like, <laughs> yeah, go. Say goodbye. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we also have, have friends and family that we would never say that. And so thinking and being able to, you know, emotions do crazy things to us. Yeah. You know, they really are. And I think I was also one of those people that was good at stepping outside of my emotions. And in some ways that was, you know, what caused all the resentment and, <laughs> and, you know, me getting to a place of indifference, but, and then in other ways later on, it helped me to, sort of be more objective to be able to step outside of how I was feeling and look in and imagine what would I say to her? What would I, what advice would I give to her? So I think it was that ability to kind of, to really just to step out of emotions. I mean, you know, it's like every, not everyone, but most people have been in a really unhealthy relationship at one point in their lives. Okay. Mine was my, my college boyfriend. And you know, I can look back on that and be like, God, I was stupid. I can't believe I wasted all those years on it. But when you're in it, even if you know it, I knew it even when I was in it. But when you're in it, you're so tied into the emotions. It's so hard to break free of it. 
And so that's kind of what I looked at it like. I had had that experience too going, okay, Cindy, just forget about the emotions and just be logical right now. Just be like a rational human being and pull yourself outside of those and look at this in a different way. And that's really helped me decide, you know. Um, I think you also have to be really aware of what does divorce really look like, especially at certain ages. Um, you know, are really the, the pickings are pretty slim out there. Um, you know, also, you know, for people that, like, have affairs and stuff like that, like, those feelings are going to fade, too, and you're going to be right back where you are. And you know what I mean? Like, that, that stuff just is at the beginning, and then it's like real life. And, what, and, and then your life is going to be even harder because you're dealing with, like, two separate families and all these different kids. And, you know, I see that with my mom. You know, I see that with her husband. He has two kids and grandkids. And, you know, and it, it, you're never, like, one cohesive unit anymore. You're this, like, branches out of things um, and complications, you know, and baggage. <laughs> Lots and I of just baggage. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you have to really, and, and again, for some people that works, that these were all the things that went through my head. Um, and, and then I was able to, you know, say, okay, I know I don't want that. So I got to fix it, you know? And so what made you it. write a book? Like, how did you go, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, first I wrote a blog and I have no idea why I wrote it. I think what I was it called? Is how I stopped hating my husband. Is that so what the blog, the blog was called? Yeah, I, I wrote the blog first. I forget what year it was. Um, and I put it out on Facebook and oh my God, it blew up. It blew up. And I got so Were you writing feedback. about all the things? Oh wait, so were you writing about why you hated your husband or how you turned it around and liked him again? Um, on your blog, kind of what was? Like okay. the blog was, it was, it wasn't too long, but it kind of was like, like there's one, there was one part, which I haven't gone into with you, but um, where like, I really emotionally disconnected and I'm not sure I, I kind of, I could have mentally dropped this out of my mind, but like when you said like, when did the hating start? And now I know, now I remember there was a lot of resentment. And what happened was, is when my young, my, when my youngest was one, um, my husband had gone away on a golf trip, which he goes on every year in May. And, um, I went away with a friend in the two kids and we went to the Dominican Republic and Andrew, my little one at the time was one. And, um, I, he like got a stomach bug, like the, the second we got there, like he must've had it before we even left. And I didn't speak the language, all this stuff. And I was like, he started just throwing up. And, um, I was like, we need to get home. And so, I mean, it's such a long story, but like within 24 hours, we were like on a plane and my husband helped cause he speaks Spanish and he helped and he like got us on a plane. We got back to the States within like, I don't know, a day and a half, but Andrew continued to throw up and throw up and have diarrhea. And he was really, really sick. And then Alex, my other one got it, but he got it for like six hours and then I got it. And one night and then the next morning and Mario had gotten home the day before. And so um, Andrew had gone like four or five days with constant like diarrhea and throwing up. And, um, and I had been throwing up till like midnight that night. And so when he got up to go to work, which he always got up to go to work and he always went to the gym first, I said, can you, this is me asking for help once I said, can you stay? Because if Andrew keeps, can't keep his breakfast down I'm gonna have I'm, I'm taking him to the ER because this can't be good and he said and he wouldn't stay he said uh, he said something really ridiculously stupid um he had to go to spin class so um he said but call me in spin class okay if you're going to give him any defense spin class is 15 minutes away but yeah he he left so okay. I fed Andrew and then he threw up everywhere everything that he ate and I literally had my glasses on, which are like Coke bottles this thick. And my kids were in their pajamas and I took him to the hospital where he was admitted. I'm, I'm going to get emotional talking about this. It's okay. Um, where he was admitted for three days. And the nurse came up to me and she goes, it was like literally 530 in the morning. And she goes, she put her arm around me and she goes, dear, are you alone? And I looked at her and I go, no, my husband went to a fucking spin class. That's what I said. 
I'm sorry. I don't want to laugh. No, I know. Oh. I think that's when I started using the F word more because it just it needed to be said. Yeah. Um, that makes and sense. So that's when I think, and that was that was a long time ago. I mean, yeah. that was he was one years old. Has like, he apologized? Has he got? Has he fully oh, apologized? Yes. For yes, yes. Does he yes. Does he see the mistake he made back then? Yes. Yes. Okay. He definitely does. Um, but but you know, that was not taken care of right away. I mean, he, yeah. when he got off the spit and got the phone call, he came right, whatever, but it was done. I was done. I was like, that was just that a was the beginning. moment that I needed. I needed him there and he wasn't there. And I think had I not asked him, it would have been different. I think had I not specifically asked, which is hard for me to ask, mm-hmm. then it would have been really different. Um, but, you know, it was that combination of factors. And then I just, instead of, instead of like seeing it head on and being like, okay, we need help or we, whatever. I just like buried myself. Um, and then that just festered and festered and festered for years. Um, so I had to learn to forgive that too, you know, and we all grow up and we all make mistakes and we all screw up. So, um, you know, I was able to, the fact that that wasn't like first and foremost in my head when you and I were talking is probably a good thing. <laughs> I had to like, I had to find that again. I had to see him walk through the, not my husband, but my now 19 year old walking through the door. <laughs> so listen, <laughs> when remember. we hang up, when we hang up, you're going to forget this. You're going to forget all these memories yeah, no, again, gonna because go they're going to just him. go yeah. out the back. Okay. So let's go yeah. back to your book. Can you pull it off the shelf behind you, please? Okay. So tell us really quickly why everyone should buy this book. Oh God. Um, it's a really, really quick read. Like you can read it in three hours. I love that. Um, I, I think it's hopeful. Um, you know, can, can I promise you that you can get a husband or a wife that's saying they're leaving you to read it? No, I can't. I can't. I mean, we, do you think if they did, it would help because it really gives them insight. Everything I just told you I have in this book. Okay. You know, everything I just told you, my thought processes, all of that stuff okay. um, is so, in here. One more question that you said. You said that you, because I love that you use that word, I invested back into my marriage. Because we invest in money in the bank easily. Yeah. And we invest yeah. in time for our job. We invest in our yeah. kids. What changes did you make to start investing in your husband like specifically that you go because what the one of the things that he asks is saying I love you which I think is wonderful that was investment Um, is there anything else stupid simple things sitting right next to each other on the couch instead of on the other side um uh, you know starting doing more sort of traditions again you know whether it's you know like tonight we pizza night we've always had pizza night and it, it wasn't as if we stopped those things those things kind of happen but being just more um present in them you yeah. know when you're angry and resentful that's always sort of this cloud over you and so just behaving and acting and living without that cloud or recognizing that you don't want that cloud to be there and so being intentional about like pushing it aside and 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 recognizing when it comes in and pushing it back out again yeah. is is part of it too but it's just simple stuff you know and if, if you you know if you have the ability to like travel or just do date nights or get out just the two of you things like that also doing things with friends I mean I would say that's another huge thing that kept us um together that I thought about is that we had such a great history we have a history of of friendships, we have a you know since we were 18 years old, we've had the same friends and the same sort of path um, in our families, and not wanting to let you know because you divorce that too, you yeah, know. Um, yeah. And so uh, I I think that that played a huge role. And you're never going to have that history with someone else, like no matter who it is, you know, you're never going to have that history. And I really valued that, that history when it was all, when it came right down to it, when I really, really thought of it. That's excellent. That is excellent. Okay. Hold on. Do I have any more course questions for you? (laughs) I love this. You're amazing. Um, and I love, I mean, you're, you're hitting on a lot of notes that these men say, you know, from the resentment that they just, I can't change. I will never get over this. It's like, of course you will. You just have to want to. 
Yes, and that's the thing. It's like you can't change people that don't want to change, but you also can't change people that don't believe in change. Mm-hmm. And But we all can change, and that, that was another thing. One of the chapters in my book, I think, yes, is about mindset. And one of the books that I read that I absolutely loved was by um, Carol Dweck. She's a PhD from Stanford, and it's called Mindset. And it's about the fixed and the growth mindset. And I loved that book. And it, it just really, you know, if you think about it, it's so common for so many of us to talk about, oh, this is just the, you know, even, even, even me saying anything like, oh, I was a perfectionist. I was type A. I was whatever. A lot of those, no, those could all be true. But it doesn't mean that I have to be that way if I want to like loosen up a little bit, you know, and I learned that over time. But so many of us say, well, I've always been this way, you know, or I've always thought this way, or if I, and if you keep saying that, you know, that's what you're believing, then you're never going to change. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to see, I mean, first you have to be willing to see your, your role in your relationship and, and how you, because if both people don't change, the relationship never changes. And it's never going to be good if just one person changes, you know? So, so in, in the case of like the women that come to you and, and their husbands say that, like, I mean, again, I don't know how it's, it's sort of like kids. It's like, I can tell my kids not to do this, that, and the other thing, cause I know that that's, you know, going to be harmful to them. And then they do it anyways. You know, sometimes people have to live and learn. And so, I mean, I don't know if that's the right answer. And maybe in those cases, maybe a little space could be good. That's why I said before when Mario was like, you're staying here. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that that would work for everyone. And sometimes people might need space to have a little bit more appreciation. Did he say Everyone's that to different. you? Did he say, I don't think it's he, a good idea for you to stay here? No, no, no. He said to stay. He said, he said because stay. in his eyes, if I was leaving, I was giving up. How could I work on the relationship if I was not in the relationship? And but you I, weren't sure if you wanted to work on it. I wasn't. But so how? Like I'm just curious. I'd like to like maybe a little bit more insight on well, how your husband was during this time. Like how did he support you and make you feel good? Well, what he can- also he he was very kind and he was very understanding. Um, and and with the saying bit. It, it that that made sense to me, you know, like he was sort of, he, he you know, I, I also think he was respecting himself and his boundaries. I think he was saying, you know, I'm not going to let, like, if you want to leave, you, you've had years to feel this way and to think about this. So like, if you, under our circumstances, you know, if you want to leave, just leave and be done, you know, versus staying and trying. And so it wasn't, it was safer for me to stay and try because I could still change my mind. But if I had left, I couldn't change my mind. It's kind of what he said. You know what I'm saying? Did you believe so it was him? Sort of like, um, I think I believed him, but I also think I didn't really want to leave. I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't want to leave, explain, you know, have to talk to my kids. I didn't really where would I go? What would I do? Like, I, 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 w- I wasn't there yet. I wasn't, I wasn't in a position where like that, I, I just was so stagnant for so long. And, and I'm not sure I had ever really walked through that. I mean, I think I walked through the process, but not realistically, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. it didn't seem realistic to me. It didn't seem like anything I wanted to deal with at all. Just was way too much, um, but I had to do something, and so the something I chose was to try to make it work. <laughs> that's incredible! So and <laughs> now you have a book about it, and that's I'm yes. so proud of you. What a great! No, I'll you. be talking thank about your book for a while now. No, um, thanks. You you've been I'm, such a light, and I really appreciate you coming on here and being so candid. Is there any other words that you want to share, or if if any of my listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way that they could do that? Um, well, I I still have a website, which which that blog is on. It's just CindyCarboni.com. Um, so I no Carboni is C A R B O N E. B O N E, and the okay. blog's on there, and so, so is the book. The book is on Amazon. Ooh, yeah. Um, and 
you can also contact me through my, my website. I have not updated my website in a long time. I used to do health coaching and things. I, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, but, you know, you can go just to my blog, my blog to see that. Or just okay. go um, and find this on Amazon. But I respond to every blog message. People private message me all the time, and I respond. I, I <laughs> You responded I, I, to I, me. <laughs> yeah, I, I put I put boundaries up though because there are there have been times where seriously people want me to like you know be a counsel to them and I'm I'm not I'm not a therapist you know I'm yeah. not that's not my you know and I don't I don't I can't it's hard for me to talk to just one side. Yeah, um, no, I get that. Just yeah, so I, I I try to I try to be responsive and kind and give any advice or feedback I can, but also just knowing that, you know, I don't, I don't know everyone's situation. And, you know, again, one of my biggest fears was like, you know, there are people that are in toxic, horrible relationships. And I thought, God, if my, I would never want my book to give someone the excuse to stay in something unhealthy for them. Um, Because there's just, there's a lot of people that do that too, you know, just look for excuses to make people feel, you know, guilty to stay in a relationship that they shouldn't be in. And so that's why I tried really hard to, you know, describe my history and everything so that the right people could relate to the situation. Yeah. Your husband sounds amazing too. I'm surprised he hasn't come in here. He was like, do they want to talk to me too? (laughs) Yeah. She want to talk to me? Where is he? Can I talk to him? Can I talk to him? Mario, are you here? Did he answer? What? Are you here? Come here. They want to say hi to you on this podcast. <laughs> he loves attention. I'm the Does extrovert. He? He's the extrovert. Oh, oh good. Oh, my God. That's great. It'll depend on if he's in a bad mood. He's had a rough week. Does he? Well, I'll make him feel good. He won't be able to hear I have these in, though. So, well, you can switch for a second. They want to say hi to you. I'm hanging up. Well, they want to see my more hands. <laughs> she can't hear you. She can't hear you yet. <laughs> oh, my God. Here, give him one. Okay. Hey, hi. my name's Lori. Can you hear me? You're, you're, <laughs> can you hear me? I just want to yes, applaud I you. I just want to applaud uh, you for keeping. Well, for putting up some, with this shit now? Yeah. Yeah. I know how hard it is. I went through something similar and I'm very proud of you. So I just wanted to see your face. You're amazing. And I'm so glad you guys are together. very nice about you. You were? Yeah. Very, very, very kind. Marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. And, you know, you guys did it. What I like the most about the book is that it makes about 300 bucks a month. That's what I like the most about the book. (laughs) Well, hopefully it'll make more now. We got a little spurt going. Anyway, Maria, Cindy, I'm hugging you both. Thank Ah. you so much. Bye. And Cindy, we'll talk soon, hon. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Well, that was amazing. Cindy is lovely, and I'm so glad we had a chance to talk to her husband, Mario. So get her book, and please come to thewifeexpert.com and join my videos and join my podcast and join um, the webinar that I do. It's awesome because you can stand for your marriage and you can get him home. One of the things that Cindy said was you need two people. And while I agree with you, while I agree with her that you need two people, I also believe that you alone can change everything that happens in your marriage, just like she did, just like Mario did. It's within you that you can make that happen. So don't forget that you can do this and you have the power. So I will see you next time. Again, subscribe here and come see me on thewifeexpert.com.